Sunday night football. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's lost. Mills got a trace. And welcome into the podcast. It is time for week five NFL picks with Gabe. It's an everything burrito production. We're so excited to have you join us. This is really honestly one of my favorite times of the week. At that time where I haven't been wrong about my predictions yet, I get a chance to talk football with my friends and we just get a chance to chat for uh, about 45 to an hour and, and we're just going to chat about the upcoming games this weekend. It's exciting. we got a lot of things on tap for you here. Just a brief recap of last week. How did we do? Well, against the spread, we went 8-7. and seven. I said we'd do better than last week, and you know what we did? <laughs> Eight and seven. We're going to do even better this week. I swear. It's a winning week. I'm not going to get mad about a winning week. It's all good. Uh, for the year, we're five games above 500. We're 26 and 21 against the spread. And straight up, last week we went 11 and four. So now that's 33, 13 and one overall for the season. All right. So. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. Everybody thought that the Panthers would basically be tanking the season, and as if to confirm that, uh, Christian McCaffrey then goes down with an injury, and we're like, these Panthers are not going to be even remotely competitive. Well, Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers are 2-2. Two and two. They've played very solid this year. Mike Davis uh, filling in for Christian McCaffrey has done quite well, but really, the story here is Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater has looked remarkably solid. He is getting the ball to his outside weapons in Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Carolina's looking good. Uh, Carolina this week is going up against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons look like they have quit on coach Dan Quinn. Matt Ryan looks unbelievably frustrated. And, and I'll grant you that Julio Jones has not been healthy. They, they haven't had everything go right for them. But for a, a team that has the implied talent of the Atlanta Falcons to be as horribly bad as they are, uh, or they have been this year, going 0-4 out of the gate, not really looking particularly competitive in stretches, uh, is pretty crazy. Uh, Todd Gurley has not been the player that he was with the Rams. We didn't really think that he was that same player anymore either. Calvin Ridley disappeared against Green Bay with Jair Alexander covering him. And so you're looking at two teams that are swinging in opposite directions. Interesting. The uh, Atlanta Falcons are still favored in this one by three and a half points. And I am really perplexed by that, to be honest, because if you watch the film, you watch these two teams and what I'm seeing is the Panthers are just a better team. Um, straight up, they're the better team. And you are looking at a, a defense in Carolina that hasn't always played exceptional. But you know what? They're getting the job done. Uh, they, they held the Cardinals running game in check. I don't necessarily see a path to victory for the Falcons here. I don't see a way that they're going to get that done. So while, while Atlanta's favored... I'm clearly going to take Carolina against the spread, but I'm actually taking Carolina to win this one straight up. We're going to go 34-28, and I'm on that Teddy ball game uh, bandwagon. I believe in Teddy Bridgewater. What a comeback story. He's remarkable. He's awesome. Let's go Panthers. I'm, I'm all about it. And if you're the Atlanta Falcons, um, 
let's fire coach Dan Quinn because he does not have what it takes to coach an NFL football team at this juncture. All right. The LA Rams take on the Washington Football Club. Uh, The Washington Football Club making an interesting move here. They're moving on from quarterback Dwayne Haskins and Ron Rivera is electing to start Kyle Allen, who started uh, under Rivera, you'll remember, in Carolina last year. Kyle Allen is a quarterback that is solid enough. He's fine. He's okay. Uh, He knows how to avoid turnovers some games, and in other games, he turns the ball over in bunches. Uh, He doesn't necessarily have a high upside. Kyle Allen is the kind of quarterback that you start if you have like a historically good defense or a historically good ground game and you go out there and you tell him hey dude play conservative don't give anything up and we want to win Trent Dilfer style if that makes sense Um, but he's not the kind of quarterback that you build around this is a bizarre move because Dwayne Haskins has great potential I know he hasn't played particularly great this year he has four touchdowns three interceptions obviously uh, Rivera feels like this Washington football club should have been winning uh, more games. They lost 31-17 to to the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. I don't know how you expected more from Haskins, and I'm super perplexed by this move. Um, for the long run, especially, because the Washington football club, they're not a team that is, they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Let me put it that way. Could they win the NFC East? Yeah, because the NFC East is truly terrible. Uh, the worst division in football by a long stretch. Um, but at the same time, it's like, what, what are you doing? You're hamstringing your future by not giving Dwayne Haskins a full run. And to me, that is just stupid. Uh, the Rams, they were a little disappointing last week. Now, they, they did beat the Giants, uh, but the offense looked out of sync, um, only putting up 17 points. I, I expect to see that change here, even against the Washington Football Club, which I, I like their defense. I like a lot of the things Washington's doing. And even offensively, I liked the way Washington looked last week with, with Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin and these guys. I really, I'm, I, I like what Washington's doing, uh, but the Rams are just a more talented team. And I expect to see the Rams offense get moving. I think the Rams would really benefit from committing to one ball carrier personally, but uh, no matter what they do, that that combination of Woods and Cup and Higby uh, with Jared Goff, they're going to score some points, Um, and their defense has actually been very good this year. They limited the Giants to nine points, and I get it, it's the Giants, but the Rams look very, very good defensively. They They are solid as far as their scheme goes and as far as their accountability on defense and their hustle goes. So I think the Rams will do well this week. I'm going to go Rams 27, Washington 24. And now the Rams are favored by eight and a half. So I'm, I'm taking Washington to stick with them, stick within that eight and a half point spread. And the reason I'm going to do that is this week, I, th- I think they will get a slight boost from starting Kyle Allen. Um, just because a little change in the quarterback position, a lot of times other guys step up, you see that. I still don't think it's a good move overall. And I think that Washington is, yeah, they're going to lose this game. It's not really going to make a difference, but, uh, interesting move nonetheless. Well, that takes us to Cincinnati at Baltimore, the Baltimore team that beat the Washington football club last week. Baltimore really didn't look in sync. They didn't look like themselves really last week and really all this season. Um, Now they keep winning games because Baltimore is just a very good team. 
Baltimore, they're stacked front to back. They're loaded on offense. They're loaded on defense. Their defense is underperformed. Their offense is underperformed. Um, you know, interesting play calling, interesting way that they're shaping up their backfield as well. I'm not sure I agree with everything that's going on in Baltimore, but I do believe in Lamar Jackson. I believe in him as a runner, but I believe in him as a passer as well. And I, I really think that Baltimore, you know, they're going to continue to roll up some good uh, numbers offensively. And this Cincinnati team, well, their, their defense is a try-hard defense. And they, they've had some some tough, tough games at times, um, even against uh, Jacksonville. Uh, they, they weren't great, but the Cincinnati defense, they're try-hard guys. They're going to limit Baltimore just a little bit, but Baltimore is just too talented to be too contained. So, so I expect to see Baltimore get some points here. Now, Cincinnati, Cincinnati is a really interesting team right now. They are ascending. They had a great week against Jacksonville last week. You saw Joe Burrow just really settle in. He's looking like the quarterback we saw at LSU. And he has a beautiful connection right now with T. Higgins. He has a beautiful connection with Tyler Boyd. And Joe Mixon is rolling. That Cincinnati offense is looking excellent. Now, I really think that they're going to give the Baltimore defense problems this week. I really believe in Joe Burrow. Baltimore is favored by a ghastly 13 and a half points. Uh, there's no way. Well, I shouldn't say there's no way. I I really don't see a way that Cincinnati fails to cover this. Now, I'm not taking Cincinnati to win at all. Uh, I just think 13 and a half points is a huge spread for a team in Cincinnati who's played very well. And I think Burrow is going to keep his team in this game. So I'm going to take Baltimore to win it. And we're going to go Baltimore 32, Cincinnati 29. Well, it's the battle for Pennsylvania, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh this week. Uh, Philadelphia gutted out a win against the 49ers. You saw that Carson Wentz had no wideouts to throw to. He was he was dealing with guys that, you know, practice squad guys or guys off the street. And Carson Wentz gutted out a win. Now, the 49ers were down a ton of guys, too. I don't want to exaggerate how, how excellent that game was uh, from Wentz. He didn't play particularly great. But Wentz is a winner. I love the way Carson Wentz plays quarterback. In a lot of ways, he mirrors what you saw early career Ben Roethlisberger do. Just, he got the victory. He got the W. He's a winning quarterback. He's tough. He goes at it. I love Carson Wentz, and I love that Philadelphia defense. Uh, the Philadelphia defense, and particularly the defensive line with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, all of these... Uh, pass rushers, Derek Barnett, they are looking excellent. They are really getting after the quarterback. And I think that they can make life difficult on Big Ben Roethlisberger in this one. Roethlisberger has a lot of weapons at his disposal, and they're coming off a week of rest because of that uh, whole COVID fiasco. So I, I do look for Roethlisberger to find his guys. He's going to get Juju involved and Deontay and uh, James Washington and, and Chase Claypool and all these weapons that he has at his disposal. But that Philly defensive line is going to keep him 
guessing. So you're going to see Philly hold Pittsburgh at least slightly down. Um, Miles Sanders in the, the the Philly run game, I can see him get getting moving, getting going a little bit. The Pittsburgh defense, while it's elite, it has been fallible at times. So I, I expect to see Philly put up a few points. Now, uh, Pittsburgh's favored in this one by six and a half. And I think that Pittsburgh will win this game. They're just too talented not to. And I love that Pittsburgh defense. I really do. But again, I think Wentz is going to keep the game close. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh to win this one. I'm going to say Pittsburgh 27, Philadelphia 23, Philadelphia covering the six and a half point spread. Let's talk about a game that might not be played. (laughs) Buffalo at Tennessee. Now, as of Thursday, this game is still on. It's still happening. But Tennessee has uh, basically, um, they they have COVID outbreak on their team. Um, So we're going to really see what the NFL wants to do with this one. I think that this game will probably end up being canceled. But we're going to predict it anyway because, yeah, as of right now, it's still on. Um, Buffalo is a great team this year. They're doing really, really well. Their identity has been around their defense for a long time, but really their offense is the thing that has defined them this year. Josh Allen has been going off. Stephon Diggs is leading the league in receiving, and Devin Singletary playing fairly well um, as a complimentary back, and I really think that you're going to see them continue to roll here. Tennessee, they've had the week off. They're 3-0. and They're a good team, uh, and I keep saying this. Are they going to have A.J. Brown back? Probably. And Tannehill is looking solid. Corey Davis is looking decent. Jonu Smith, uh, their their weapons. And and Derrick Henry, too, um, coming back this year looking very solid. Um, But Buffalo just has that little extra edge to them, don't they? They're winning very competitive, very good games against good teams. And Josh Allen is looking like an early MVP-esque player. No, I said MVP ask because there are so many other quarterbacks that are out playing him right now because what Wilson and Mahomes and Rodgers are doing are just at a completely different level. But Josh Allen playing very, very well. The Tennessee defense has been a little overrated. Uh, They're not playing great football right now. Um, How did the bye week affect them? Who knows? Um, but one thing is true is they haven't really been able to get together for official practices. I know they did at a high school field, which the NFL is very upset about because they broke all these COVID regulations and, uh, possibly infected other teammates. So, um, Tennessee is just going to be out of sync no matter what here. Um, so if this game happens, I'm taking Buffalo to win it 23 to 20. Buffalo is favored by a point and a half, and I'm going to take Buffalo to win straight up and against the spread. That takes us to the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. Uh, The Jets have another one of those coaches that should be fired in Adam Gase. Gase could not beat a Denver team that was down uh, two quarterbacks and uh, their star wide receiver and on and on and on um, uh, last Thursday night. So the Jets look awful, and they've looked awful every single week, and this week they're missing Sam Darnold, one of the few things that's been keeping them in games. Now, Darnold hasn't been great this year, but he's a competitor, and he goes after it, and he runs the ball, and he deals with the pass rush that's coming at him because the Jets' offensive line is so bad. So the Jets, they're, they're going to start Joe Flacco, 
and they might have Lev Bell back, it's not really going to make a big difference because they're going up against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are reeling a little bit. They, they've lost a couple games. They probably should have won, and that, that's true. Um, and Kenyon Drake has not looked great. But if you got Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins suiting up and you're taking on the New York Jets, you're going to hang 35, 40 points on them, pretty much guaranteed. And I think that uh, Arizona defense is going to destroy the Jets because the Jets have literally no offensive weapons. They have nobody that scares you. If you're a defensive coordinator preparing for the New York Jets, you're like, you know what? I don't even care. Let's just let's just play really basic coverage. Uh, we don't have to double anybody. We don't have to worry about stacking the box for a running back. We don't have to worry about anything. We just have to worry about showing up and we're going to win. So in this one, Arizona is only favored by six and a half. Um, I would I would take them if they were favored by 12 or 15. Um, let's go Arizona 38, New York Jets 17. Denver at New England. That's our next game. Uh, Denver, uh, in the aforementioned Thursday night game, uh, they didn't look so great. Brett Rippon making his first NFL start. Uh, he was all right. He was okay. Um, they managed to get the, the victory. That's what I'll say. They managed to get the victory. Um, they look better than the Jets. They are better than the Jets. Is that a ringing endorsement? Absolutely not. It's it's not a ringing endorsement. Now, uh, Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy and some of these targets, they, they look good. Um, their offensive weapons, they're looking fine. Uh, their defense is beat up. And the Broncos, they're just not going to be the same team without Von Miller. That's period. That's the, that's the statement. That's what it is. Um, New England. New England played against the Chiefs last week. And against the Chiefs, they looked fairly good for a team that didn't have their only star offensive player in Cam Newton. So they started Brian Hoyer. He looked awful. They replaced him with Jarrett Stidham, and Stidham looked no better. Um, I expect to see Stidham get the start here um, with Newton presumably still sidelined with COVID-19. And I think with a full week of preparation, Stidham probably does look better. One thing that we need to keep in mind for this matchup is Damian Harris broke out against the Chiefs. Damian Harris looked solid, and Belichick knows when he's got a good thing. Damian Harris, if, if everybody remembers him back at Alabama, he was a baller. He could take the rock, and, and he's one of these guys. You can feed him 25, 30 carries a game, and he's going to grind out four or five yards just about every time. So I, I actually love New England in this spot, even starting Stidham over, over Newton. Now, obviously, I would like them a lot more if they had Cam Newton going because Stidham is not good. Um, and if it's Hoyer, he's not good either, but I believe with Damian Harris and, uh, a ball control game plan led by, by Harris and Rex Burkhead and, uh, short passes to James White, I think New England can put up some points here and New England's defense played extremely well against Kansas city, probably as good as you can play against the chiefs. And yet, I mean, the chiefs are going to chief, right? <laughs> They're going to do what they do because you got Patrick Mahomes more on that later. Um, so in this matchup, New England's actually favored by 10 and a half points. Now that is really steep. I'm actually super surprised by that line given, uh, Newton probably won't play. Um, but I'm still taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots to win this one 27 to 10. I think Denver is truly one of the worst teams around, uh, especially when Drew Locke is not in the lineup. So 
Going to take the Patriots to win straight up 27 to 10 and beat that 10 and a half point spread. That takes us to another large spread. Las Vegas at Kansas City. Uh, the Raiders coming in here. Kansas City uh, favored by 12 and a half points. Um, I think that's fair because when you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes, you are going to give up some points. And the Raiders, let's be honest, they're probably going to get rocked here. Um, why? Why are the Raiders going to get rocked? Because Mahomes is dangerous, but Mahomes with time to throw is incredibly dangerous. The Raiders cannot get home with their front four. You're dealing with a situation where you got Max Crosby, decent pass rusher, and that is literally the only person that you worry about on that Las Vegas front line. I like the Raiders. I, I'm a fan of the way that Gruden is, is developing this team. But this defense is not designed to stop Patrick Mahomes. I mean, in fairness, is any defense designed to stop Patrick Mahomes? No. But other teams stand a much better chance here because when Mahomes has time to throw, he's going to find his targets. He's going to improvise. He's going to use his legs, which he has done very effectively this year. And he's going to find his weapons. He's got Tyreek. He's got Kelsey. Mahomes is going to torch you. So I fully expect Kansas City here to put up, let's say, 40 points in this one at least. And on the other side of the ball, I really think something that's been underrated is Kansas City's defense. Kansas City has a very good defense, and they're they're led by maybe the best safety combination in pro football. I'd have to look at that, but Juan Thornhill and Teron Matthew are playing excellent football. They are very good. You're probably going to have Chris Jones back in this one. Chris Jones, uh, Frank Clark, Taco Charlton, these guys, they're going to get after uh, Derek Carr. And, you know, that's just not the way that Las Vegas plays football. Las Vegas, if they want to win this one, they need to get up early and then take the air out of the ball by by running the ball with Josh Jacobs. They're not going to be able to do that. Kansas City's defense is too good and they're they're not going to be able to uh, they're going to be playing from behind. That's the situation. Derek Carr cannot play catch up if he's trying to get in a gunfight with Patrick Mahomes. You're going to lose that one. So uh, we're going Chiefs 41, Raiders 17, Kansas City comfortably covering that 12 and a half point spread. Jacksonville at Houston. Houston saw a huge shakeup. Bill O'Brien out the door as both general manager and head coach here in Houston. You know, this was a long overdue move. Bill O'Brien basically threw away Houston's future here uh, by trading DeAndre Hopkins, one of the top wide receivers in the game. Watson needed Hopkins. You can see that when you watch the game against Minnesota. Watson was struggling. And part of the reason why he's struggling is because his receivers aren't getting the separation that they need to. So you're going to continue to see that, but uh, Jacksonville is a team who has a very poor defense. So this is a good get-right game for the Houston Texans. Uh, Romeo Cornell taking over there. Cornell is a very experienced coach. I expect him to, to take a very common-sense approach to, to defense, but you're still dealing with a Houston Texans team that's 32nd against the run. That's terrible. They are last in the league against the run. And James Robinson has been very, very good in the backfield for Jacksonville. Uh, Gardner Minshew will be able to to 
get some points here against a Houston defense that has not been good overall. And he's got DJ Chark out there, a uh, little pitch and catch there. So, you know, I expect to see Jacksonville uh, do rather well offensively, uh, but probably lose this game. Why are they going to lose it? Because I expect to see the defense play better under Romeo Cornell. I expect the team to be motivated with Bill O'Brien uh, getting the boot. And I expect to see Deshaun Watson play de- decent here too. And you saw the big week that Joe Mixon had uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I would expect if David Johnson is capable of being a decent running back, he's going to show out against a very poor Jacksonville run defense as well. So you're going to see Houston's offense probably get on track at least for this week. And I'm going to say Houston 37, Jacksonville 31. Jacksonville is going to be able to put up enough points to keep it close. Uh, Houston's favored by six and a half points. So I expect to see Jacksonville cover that, uh, keep this one close. Uh, But I'm taking Houston to win straight up 37-31. Miami at San Francisco. Uh, San Fran, uh, the aforementioned 49ers who have dealt with crazy amounts of injuries. We talked about them when we were talking about Philly and Pittsburgh. Uh, San Francisco looked terrible on Sunday night, it's true. And they kind of kind of did the same thing as the New England Patriots. They started with one quarterback, Nick Mullins in this case, and replaced him with C.J. Beathard. Beathard actually did look pretty solid during the time that he was out there. Uh, I don't know Jimmy Garoppolo's status for this game. Um, I would expect to see C.J. Beathard. Um, I, I'm not sure what Raheem Mostert's status for this game is. Um, I would expect to see Jarek McKinnon. We don't know. And when you're dealing with injuries, there is a lot of unknowns. If Garoppolo and Mostert are able to go, are they going to be 100%? Are they going to be uh, shadows of, of their former selves? And then on the other side of the ball uh, with Miami, Miami has played quite tough. They've, they've played very good defense for the most part uh, through the initial portion of the season. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, per usual, has been brilliant at times and quite bad at others. I think with a banged up 49er secondary that you're going to see some Fitz magic. I think that the Dolphins are in a good spot here. They match up rather well with San Francisco based on San Francisco's injuries. So uh, San Francisco's banged up with a pass rush, and they're banged up in the secondary. And I really think you're going to be able to see Devontae Parker and Preston Williams and some of these targets of Fitzpatrick be able to, to really have decent days. The Dolphins like to throw the ball around the yard, and I think that they're going to be able to do that here. Uh, defensively, the Dolphins are very underrated. And whether it's Beathard, which which is what I'm projecting, uh, playing quarterback here, or whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, they're going to have to lean on the quarterback quite a bit because the Dolphins have a good run defense. So San Francisco here favored by eight and a half points. And I think that's a little nuts if you saw the team that suited up against the Philadelphia Eagles. So for, for me... I'm looking at this game, and I'm going underdog special right here. We're going to take Miami to win this one straight up, and we're going to take Miami, obviously, to cover the 8.5-point spread, and we're going to go Miami 29, San Francisco 24 in an upset special. Okay, that brings us to another upset special. 
Um, we'll get into that. Indianapolis at Cleveland. Here's two teams who played very well last week. Indianapolis uh, looked very good. They were taking on an undefeated Bears team. And put simply, the Colts have the best defense in the league through the first four weeks. Uh, the Colts defense is looking phenomenal. Justin Houston, Darius Leonard, a strong secondary, bizarrely led by a resurgent Xavier Rhodes. Uh, Indianapolis's defense looks great. Now, they're going to have a challenge on their hands this week. Why? Because the Cleveland Browns are coming to town, and the Browns just rolled up 300 yards on the ground against the Cowboys. And you might think, well, yeah, but Nick Chubb's injured. True, Chubb is injured. But uh, D. Ernest Johnson and Kareem Hunt are going to be able to do similar things. And here's why. Cleveland's run blocking has been superb. It has been great. So you're looking at strength versus strength here. Colts defense has been exceptional, but Cleveland's running game has been the best in the league. And so even with Nick Chubb out, I think you're going to be you're going to be seeing a big dose of Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson, and I think they're going to play very very well. On the other side of the ball, you got Rivers taking on a Cleveland defense who has obviously not played up to potential at times. Uh, against Dallas, they were not necessarily very good, and they gave up a lot of points in crunch time. Uh, Rivers has been inconsistent. The running game has been inconsistent. The Colts team has just relied on their defense to get them through. So I, I really expect to see a game where uh, even though the Colts defense is going to be solid, I think Cleveland can can sneak a win out of this one again. So I'm going to go Cleveland 24, Indianapolis 21. Indianapolis favored in this one by two and a half points. We're taking Cleveland to win it straight up and against the spread. Let's talk about Cleveland's opponent from last week. Uh, this game is the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys last week uh, were defeated by the Browns, and they were the team that gave up 300 yards on the ground. Interesting matchup this week for the Dallas Cowboys. They take on the New York Giants, who are far and away the worst running team in the NFL. Far and away. So we're going to get a chance to see, have they shored anything up? Because they should limit the Giants to yeah less than 100 yards rushing on the ground. That's what you would presume, because the Giants are a terrible running football team. Uh, Deion Lewis and Devontae Freeman just have not had holes even to run through. I, I just Their offensive line for the Giants has been bad, just straight up. And when it comes to the Cowboys, it really does look like an effort issue. It looks like they are not putting forth full effort. They're not pursuing. When you see a guy uh, trying to wrap up a tackle, you see his teammate standing there with his hands on his hips saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you tackle him, right? So when the guy gets away, they're not in a position to help. There's no gang tackling happening here. This looks like a classic uh, Mike McCarthy coach team. And I, I really do not like where the Cowboys are headed. With that said, you're looking at a Giants team here who is, while their defense has played rather well, they have overachieved. Um, their offense has so few weapons and they are looking so just beat up, banged up, Sterling Shepard out, uh, Saquon Barkley obviously out. And so what the Giants are really able to do, even against a bad defense, is limited. 
the Cowboys, on the other hand, are a team that is incredibly talented. And even with the injuries to their offensive line, uh, you got C.D. Lamb on the outside. You got Michael Gallup. You got Amari Cooper. You got Ezekiel Elliott. Um, this Cowboys team is going to get their points. So Cowboys favored by nine and a half in this one. I think the Giants are going to keep it close because you know what? The Dallas Cowboys are just not a good team. They're they're terrible, uh, but the Giants are much, much worse. So we're going to go Dallas 28, Giants 22. Uh, the Giants cover that nine and a half point spread, but the Cowboys get the win straight up. Uh, just Just a note here, though, I would not be shocked to see the Giants win this one straight up. I'm not saying that they will. I am taking the Cowboys to win this straight up. Uh, but it's just one of those games where it's like this Cowboys team is looking like they're already quitting on Coach Mike McCarthy. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Minnesota at Seattle. Uh, Seattle has early season MVP candidate Russell Wilson just looking amazing. Miami did manage to slow down the Seattle offense just a touch. I think Miami's defense is very good. Minnesota's defense is not very good. So what you're going to be looking at here is Russell Wilson in peak Russell Wilson mode. Um, I'm going to call for him. Just, yeah, he'll throw four touchdowns. You know, Wilson will Wilson will be awesome. He'll hook up with Lockett. He'll hook up with Metcalf because... Minnesota just doesn't have anybody in coverage who can keep up with those guys. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf are are both going to have nice days. And on the other side of the ball, uh, Dalvin Cook has looked really good. Uh, Seattle's going to know to key on him. I don't know if Jamal Adams is going to be here for this game or not. If he's going to suit up, we'll, we'll find out when it gets closer to game time. Uh, but either way, I think the Vikings are going to have a hard time keeping up with what the Seattle offense is going to be able to do. And so even though I think the Vikings are a very capable team offensively, uh, Seattle's just better. And while Seattle, they do really struggle to get uh, a pass rush. That's difficult for Seattle to do. And yet in this game, I'm really looking at Seattle coming out on top uh, fairly easily. I'm going to go Seattle 31, Minnesota 21. Seattle favored by 7.5 in this one. Uh, So we're going to take Seattle uh, both against the spread and straight up. Let's talk Monday night football. Los Angeles Chargers at New Orleans Saints. Uh, For the Saints, um, is Michael Thomas going to be ready to go? Now, I I thought he was going to be ready to go last week, and he wasn't. Uh, I think you'll see him this Monday night. And that makes a huge, huge difference for New Orleans. Um, Injuries are a huge part of the game here. And without Austin Eckler, the Chargers are a different team. The Chargers, though, have found their franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Herbert is outstanding. He has looked incredible. Honestly, Herbert has looked better in Los Angeles than he ever looked in in Oregon to me. So he's making some big time NFL throws and he's finding some undrafted free agents out there. He's doing very, very well, but he he has outstanding offensive skill personnel too. Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, some really good targets to throw to. And even though Eckler's out, I think that Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly can fill in admirably, but uh, the Saints do have a solid stop unit. So there are no pushovers up front. And Breeze has looked pretty pedestrian this year at times, 
but his numbers always look good at the end of the game because he's doing a really good job getting the ball to his intermediate routes uh, and to his short routes. Alvin Kamara looking amazing, um, as he always does when he's healthy. And so with, with Michael Thomas projected to be back, I really think the Saints can can win this one. Uh, I do like the Chargers quite a bit, though. They they have an underrated team. A lot of people don't realize how good this Chargers team really is, especially with Justin Herbert behind center. I know Anthony Lynn keeps saying that he's going to go back to Tyrod Taylor once Taylor's healthy. Uh, but let's face it here. Justin Herbert is looking so good. It would be nearly impossible to bench him at this point. And I expect him to have a good game against the Saints. Um I am projecting the Saints to win this one, 27-21 over the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are 7.5-point underdogs, so I'm expecting to see the Chargers uh, be able to stick with the Saints and and uh, win against the spread there. So, again, Saints win straight up and the Chargers against the spread. Well, that's our last game for the week right there. That's the whole slate of games. So it'll be interesting to see if that Buffalo Tennessee matchup gets canceled. Um, yeah, some some fun fun games that are lined up this weekend. Now uh, we want to hit on fantasy just for a second. So here are ten of my favorite fantasy picks for the week. That just means hey, I, I think that they're going to do better than what the projections are stating they're going to do. So um, one is I, I think Mike Evans. You're going to see a big week from Mike Evans. Why? Uh, Chris Godwin is out. OJ Howard is out. The target share is going to overwhelmingly go toward Evans. And we're seeing Brady just develop better and better chemistry with Evans. So I think you'll see him go off. Um, Chemistry between a quarterback and wide receiver is so important. So this week, even with T. Higgins going up against a tough Baltimore uh, secondary there, I really think that you will see a really solid game from T. Higgins. Um, I'm projecting him to go over 100 this week. I think that he will do very, very well. Uh, over with with the Titans and Bills game, I'm going to say with the limited practice and the limited uh, tackling and, and physicality of the Titans practices this week, I'm going to say that Devin Singletary will go off in Buffalo. I think you're going to see a really nice breakout performance from him. Um yeah, I'll, I'll say he goes for maybe uh, over 100 and a couple touchdowns. Damian Harris in New England looked great against the Chiefs. I think you're going to continue to see Belichick lean on him this week against the Broncos. And so I expect to see him have a really solid performance. I know that we all know that Patrick Mahomes is dominant, um, but I think you're really going to see him have an even better week than normal this week against the Raiders. Um, when it comes to David Johnson, I know that he's been fairly mediocre this year, uh, but if he's going to get rolling, it's going to be this week. So David Johnson, I'm projecting to ha- him to have a really nice week, and I think Romeo Cornell uh, will stay committed to David Johnson in this matchup. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, against the San Francisco defense that's quite depleted, I think that he will look very, very good. You saw how Wentz looked. Um, The open receivers that Wentz had, even though Wentz didn't have great players to throw to last week. So I think you're going to see the Dolphins perform very well in the passing game. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a nice play this week if you're streaming quarterbacks. Um, The Cleveland Browns, no matter who's getting the carries, they're going to do really, really well. 
Uh, I'm going to make this play for Kareem Hunt. I'm saying Kareem Hunt is going to be the alpha in that backfield. But if you got Dearness Johnson, he might be a good start this week as well as he uh, can carry part of that load. And then finally, uh, the Giants matched up against Dallas. Um, the Giants are not a team that you want to play uh, a lot of guys from in fantasy. And yet again, I'm just talking about guys that are going to have bigger weeks than normal. And I'm going to say Daniel Jones definitely going to have a bigger week than normal normal going up against a Dallas team that has looked terrible uh, defensively. But specifically, Dallas has looked terrible against the run. So it's tough to say whether Gallman, Freeman, or Lewis is really going to get the primary carries against this Dallas run defense. Uh, Let's say it's Devontae Freeman, and if that's the case, I think that Freeman could really, really have a throwback like Atlanta Falcons, Devontae Freeman type day against this giant, uh, against this uh, Cowboys defense that has looked abysmal. Well, that is it for everything I have to cover. Uh, really looking forward to Thursday night football tonight. Looking forward to the whole uh, weekend's worth of action. I hope that uh, you get your NFL picks in. Um, if you're doing uh, like pigskin pick them in, in ESPN uh, pool, I love that. It's fun. You can pick against the spread. You can just pick them straight up. It's a fun little thing to do. So hopefully you, all your picks go well and your fantasy teams perform well. And just uh, with so many other things, with the chaos of this world, uh, you know, it's just nice to have a little football, uh, be able to relax, enjoy the action. So I hope you get a chance to do that this week. Uh, enjoy the games and join me right back here next week uh, for the NFL picks with Gabe uh, week six preview. Enjoy week five and I will catch you next week. This has been NFL picks with Gabe week five an everything burrito production. <laughs>